0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 278 We're lucky enough to be joined by Gum today on the pod, or Jay Watson, as his friends might call him. Jay is a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter who you would know from his work in both Pond and Tame Impala. He's released a brand new Gum single recently and has announced a forthcoming sixth record, which is crazy. Before we get to all the details of Gum and today's episode... Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you find good podcasts on and ensure you're following us across all of our social media channels. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Gum. The alter ego of songwriter, producer and multi-instrumentalist Jay Watson has just released their brand new single, Would It Pain You To See?, and has announced a forthcoming record in the form of Saturnia, which is out September 15th. Fans familiar with Jay's work know that his output is prolific, with this being the sixth gum record in nine years, on top of all the other work that he does with bands like Tame Impala and Pond as well. So we are incredibly excited to be chatting with him today about songwriting. In today's episode, we sit down with Jay to discuss the new single and forthcoming record, Saturnia, we discuss his introduction to songwriting and how everyone's songwriting introduction can be vastly different. We also talk about how the GUM live show has evolved over time and what fans can expect from their forthcoming tour dates. Tickets to their upcoming Australian tour and details on where you can pre-order Saturnia can all be found within today's episode show notes. And we want to say a massive thank you to Tian from Morse Code for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Gum. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Gum, a.k.a. Jay Watson. Jay, hello.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you, mate. How are you today?
1: I'm, I'm good. I, um, I've come um, down south with my family and also my parents are over from Queensland. And we came into Margaret River, into town to buy food for dinner and stuff and I got them to drop me at the pub for this interview. So I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) I've got got half a pint, a break from the kids.
0: If there's any better way to do an interview, I don't know what it might be. I think you've picked the right way to do it. So It's
1: fantastic. There's there's no one around, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing us to the pub with you. Um, yeah, I appreciate it because I know there's a lot going on in the world of gum at the moment. There's a there's a brand new single which um, came out last week. It is "Would it pain you to see," and it is a brilliant track, mate. So, firstly, oh, congratulations on this song.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a bit more like um, I don't know what the word is um, thought through or thought out than lots of the music I've made in the past. You know, like I um I think because I I wrote it um, at like near the beginning of COVID, and then we couldn't do anything or go anywhere or see anyone, and I didn't really have much of a setup at home at that last place, mm-hmm. so I just would play it on the keyboard like at an electric piano, um, and like fiddle with it and tinker with it. Normally, if I have an idea, I like instantly record it. You know. Yeah. And then I'm so often so excited about it that I'll instantly record it and then just copy and paste, sort of sections of it, you know, <laughs> add add infinitum, or whatever the word is, till 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 it's four minutes long. Whereas this one, because I had so much time and I couldn't actually record it, I just slowly this one and this album, I would, um, you know, change lyrics and change chords and like um, sort of fiddle with it, which is which I think has made it better than a lot of my previous stuff. The danger is always with that you you muck around with it so much that it just all, you know, all the colours blend to brown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> but I think it was for me, I think I needed that. Like I'm so impulsive with ideas that the second anything that's like four bars long, I, I make a song out of it, you know. Um, <laughs> so it was almost like uh, self-editing, it, it, like, you mm-hmm. know, without trying to, like out of necessity. So I think that's my, I think it's a bit more like thoughtful Than my stuff I've done before or thought out
0: is it a process you can see because I imagine that as you said it was kind of um not built from but the fact that you were limited in the the gear that you had access to do you see yourself doing that as the process for for I guess forthcoming music in the future
1: um Uh, No, because at the end of the day, you still always, off. well, actually, there's lots of ways you can write stuff, but I often just have a a guitar or a keyboard, you know, it's the same way. But I will say that having less um, just toys and effects and just weird things around to play with means that instead of instantly having an idea and and then running it through a flanger, you know, uh, (laughs) all I had was the electric piano. You know, and a couple of laptop and stuff, but all I all I had, I, you know, I would fiddle with it on the piano rather than immediately go into like um, effect town.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> like I'll often just record. I'll often get excited about an idea, but then spend most of the time on the drum sound or something um, rather than the songwriting and improving it. So that was, I think, I think, yeah, I think in the future, I like the idea. I don't have it, I can't afford it yet, but I like the idea of having a place in the country or something that had very minimal setup. You know. Mm-hmm. And being able to go and all you've got is a piano in a shack or something, um, and I like the idea of having that one day, and I think I'll be able to write um stuff with a clearer head than surrounded by all the like, I love all the equipment I have, but it, it can be um, it can be distracting sometimes from actually just writing music.
0: Well, yeah. I was I was I was going to kind of ask because. The the output of music from yourself, you are quite a prolific songwriter for people who aren't aware of the work of Gum. You're obviously Gum. You work with Pond. You've been involved in in parlor as well. Um, do you find that because you have all those kind of instruments, synth, to, as you said, toys to kind of play around with, you, that is where a lot of the prolific nature of your songwriting is coming from, but because they're there, you're able to write more?
1: Um. Not really, I think I just have all that stuff because I'm just i'm I'm really passionate about i'm i'm uh, I'm really passionate about not much, you know, like I really just like um music and listen to music a lot and music equipment and um, recorded music. and I'm obsessive with it. and I don't really have any other hobbies or you know, I go mm-hmm. for runs and I watch the footy, and that's about it. <laughs> um, so, that it just comes from that, like it's like it's what I would rather be doing than going out for dinner, you know. It's just my life. Um, I think I've always had more ideas for things than I've had time to execute them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've gotten a lot better at, like I don't think every idea that I have is good, that's for sure. Like a lot of it gets scrapped pretty quickly. But um, I've gotten a lot better at keeping a sort of mental, like, um, diary of the good ideas you know sometimes I'll sit there for a decade like there's stuff on this album um, there's stuff on every gum album or every pond album that I've written up to 10 years ago you know Mm -hmm. and instead of having to like try and use it I like if it doesn't work I forget about it but if it's a if it's a good like chord progression or a good melody or a good lyric or something you can't really you know it hangs around anyway you can't really forget about it so I find that's a good way of, um, that's a good way of discerning, you know, it, with something that's so subjective. That's a good way of discerning whether something's good or not. If ten years later you're like, oh, I've still, I still remember that thing I made up, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's probably it's probably somewhat like catchy if you still remember it. So um, that's so I like to pull stuff out, and I also like the idea because you don't because it's so subjective, you don't know if what you're currently doing is any good or not ever. Mm-hmm. But then if you use stuff from from periods ago, it's there's almost an objectivity to that, you know, because you're like, oh, that's from when I made this record, and people seem to like that, so um, it's, so it should be of the same standard, and it's kind of comforting being able to pull out like old ideas and use them.
0: One hundred percent. I kind of love the idea of um, we've spoken to a number of artists on this podcast about that very thing. I imagine like yeah. kind of having the. I don't want to say like a Frankenstein of a song, but, you know, using different parts of songs that don't get used for whatever reason and having them still be relevant or being able to be applied to to a different composition years later.
1: Yeah, totally, yeah. And I think um, I like, that's what we like. I like the best POM stuff is where we off, sometimes we'll just totally butcher um, a song of mine and a song of Nick's or a song of Joe's and just yank the best bit whether it's the verse or the chorus or some sort of bridge or some instrumental lips bit and mash it with the with the best bit of someone else's you know um if it fits um and it's it can be quite brutal just getting rid of another bit of a song forever but that's i think you can um that's a really good way of of ensuring quality too you know where you like this was the best bit of this person's thing they came up with and this is the best bit of someone else's and it actually you can totally mash them together. And I kind of like lots of music that does sharp left turns and stuff anyway, you know. So 100%. You can sort of mash anything together you want. It depends just depends how like um smooth you want it to flow, you know. If you want it to stay at the same tempo or the same key or but if you if you if you if you put your mind to it, you can pretty much put anything in any song with anything else, you know. It, 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 as long as you're okay with it being a bit like jarring. But I like that. I like my ear going like, Whoa, you know.
0: A hundred percent. I think having your um expectations subverted sometimes in a musical sense is kind of it keeps you on your toes. It keeps it interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used I definitely used to do yeah, I've definitely tried to do less of the sort of just copy paste to the end of the song thing and more like um not try and do not try and do something jarring, but I like try and think like at what point and it's really hard because it is so subjective when you're making it but try and think like at what point is my am I like getting I'm not getting bored am I like tuning out am I not listening really um acutely and around about there like what can I do now to make it exciting for me cuz all you can go off is your own um gut yeah feel and taste um, and so I try and use that now Whereas before I'd be like, yeah, we'll do this for 16 bars. We'll do this for 32 bars. But I didn't really think about how engaged I was through all that. You just, that you just did it for that amount because that's how you, that's how you think you're supposed to get to the end of the song. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 100%. Now
1: I like, I like if, if I get, if I'm getting bored making it by a certain point, then it's, then it's not going to keep anyone else engaged or, or like blow anyone else's minds, you know? Um, but it takes, it's taken me, I don't know, 15, it's, ta- it's taken me 15 years of making music to like, to be able to see that, that, you know, to be able to see like the, um, Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: I think that's like, I think that's the hardest and biggest thing about making is or being any sort of creative person really is, um, or really anything, actually any industry is like the, the, the biggest skill isn't really like the the talent of making stuff itself. It's being able to recognize when something, when you should pursue something and when you should, you know, and when something's finished and when it's not and like that sort of thing, like the choices. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that goes for anything. It's like cooking or, you know, I don't know, writing an article, like writing a, um, writing an article or just anything. Yeah. Making a decision on the footy field. Like yeah. that's, like that's, ex- that's experience that gets you like to be able to do that more, um, efficiently and consistently you know i think you can only get there through that
0: 100 percent, i agree with that i think i would be curious just to i guess discuss as you said you've been making music for for 15 16 years now do you remember your original introduction to music and i guess what kind of drew you to to songwriting and, and
1: composing um yeah i didn't do uh, i i I like how little songs I made out when I was really little, you know, like under 10. I remember my first song, like on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't much. It was all just like all the black notes <laughs> on the piano. It was like do, 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 just over and over. Oh, I yeah, mean, I was like, I don't know, eight or something. Um but I didn't I had no I'd had no ambitions of writing music myself. I just wanted to play drums in bands. Um but then I'd always sort of end up being in bands where not, where you'd be with other people who just wanted to play instruments as well. Like there was, I don't know. It's it's you don't meet too many like little like young kids, say like teenagers, who uh, who want to be like songwriters. You know, everyone at that mm-hmm. age, everyone wants to, you know, you just want to play rags and machine riffs or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. like no one, you're not. No one little little kids aren't pretentious enough yet to be like <laughs> songwriters. Uh, fine. Mm-hmm.
0: That's very fair.
1: <laughs> so I ended up having to make stuff up, up uh, because other people didn't have that sort of thing. Um, and then, of course, as soon as you make a couple of things up and you play them with your friends, and it sounds sort of satisfying, then it's quite a di- it's quite an addictive um, feeling. You know, making something out of up out of thin air. Although, when you're that age, it's um, what. Um, what I was going to say is, oh, yeah, you, you, looking back, like everything you make up is, a, is like a really derivative rip off of something else when you're that age, you know. It's really like, um, well, for me anyway, you know, you're just taking something that already exists and tweaking it very slightly for your teenage band. Um, yeah. It takes a long time to like have your own um, like voice and aesthetic and style. But yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess like young kids learning instruments, they're like making their own stuff up is so far, is so far from your mind. Then that's kind of a real adult like concern is like, you know, I'm a song, I write songs.
0: It is, yeah, definitely something that I feel, as you said, it kind of comes with the more that you do something, the more that you play Rage Against the Machine covers, I think you discover that there is a want or maybe a, just a exploration maybe to find out what else you can do with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of people in music and in, in the music industry who are in it for completely different reasons, you know. There are people yes. who just love to be, like, on stage, I like playing shows, but it's that's never been um, that's never been the impetus for me. You know, like I like mm-hmm. making up stuff out of nowhere and recorded music. I mean, I love playing gigs. Don't so get me wrong, and I like really miss it. I'm going on tour soon, but um, but for some people, that is the point of playing music. You know,
0: 1000%.
1: and like making re- making records is kind of like can be a bit of a hassle in order to get you back like on tour. Yeah, <laughs> whereas I've never really felt like that. But yeah, and then there are other people who. I don't know. Treat it really like scholarly and just try and get as good as their instrument as possible. And that's also never really interested me. But I but you need those people to to um to play certain music in certain yeah. fashion, you know. <laughs> um but yeah, that's I, my my instrumental ability um not taste, but like actual like speed or whatever on instruments um Peaked at about sixteen. You know, <laughs> Boon's like steadily declining ever since. Because that's when you, know, you, you play for like eight hours a day, you know, or whatever. Um, mm. And then when you're older, you're more interested in making things sound a certain way. Or you, like, I, I, I can't. I feel like I can barely play. Um, I can play instruments enough to do the ideas that I come up with, but but not a single step further than that sort of thing, you know.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm very excited. I know you just before you mentioned that you are going on tour soon. Um I haven't even mentioned it yet, so I apologise. This single that has come out, it is one of the tracks of the forthcoming gum record, Saturnia, which I think is the sixth studio record coming from
1: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess how you feel as as you said at this, right at the top, that this is the most maybe thought we'll say thoughtful music that you've released. Um, how are you feeling yeah. about taking these songs out onto the road?
1: Yeah, it's it's hard because some of them are like, other than the strings on that new song, it's quite a sort of simple song um, arrangement and like instrumentally. But then there's other ones, like the first song I put out, Race to the Air, where it's just like, the, you know, there's there's the whole kitchen sinks in there. Mm. And I couldn't possibly recreate it unless I was had the budget of like, You know, Harry Styles. So, (laughs) so I'm not even going to try to. Like, I either won't do those songs or I will do it. um, Just really like stripped back. Um, We used lots of backing tracks in the past for live shows. um, But I find that it's almost like the less stuff that you have going on coming out of the speakers live, especially in small clubs, the more impactful it is. So, I'm trying to just keep um, like drum machines. Uh, on backing tracks and have like no music on them and just music made by three people. It's almost like the. It's almost like less is more in like a. Um, where are you located? You Melbourne or Sydney? Uh, we're in Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide! Sorry, I just assumed <laughs> that's what everyone does <laughs> that's to us. In Perth. That's what everyone <laughs> does to us. Oh uh, yeah, you know it's like it's like at the Jive Bar. Perfect. Um, it's almost having four people playing keyboards. It's kind of just becomes a bit of a soup, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to I'm trying to optimize the band, which is just going to be three people, um, for it actually, for you actually to be able to hear each bit. Even if you don't hear all the bits from the record, it should sound like kind of like clear and and good, I guess.
0: Well, I know that there's a lot of um and a lot of excitement around the new record coming out. I have spoken to a few people who are very excited to
1: to. Oh, awesome! That's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's always <laughs> it's just um. You just never know, and we in t- t- today it's uh, today's day and age. I sound like an old fogey. Um, <laughs> people, it doesn't matter how good your music is. People move on from things so quickly, you know. Mm. Like I remember, like that Frank Ocean record, Blonde, which just everyone loved, and it blew everyone away, and everyone was really into. And then two months later, you're sort of talking about someone they're like, "What? Oh yeah, I remember that came." You know. Whereas I I don't know if it's just me being having nostalgia goggles on. But when I was a kid, you'd be talking about stuff that came out like two years ago, like it just came, you know, you're still obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And there's so much stuff comes out now and it moves so quickly um, and you have access to so much new stuff as soon as you want it that that people move on quick. So now I don't, now like I, I really appreciate when people care about the new music, but I also, I'm also anticipating, you know, two weeks of, of 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 discussion and then that's forgotten about forever, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I find that weirdly inspiring anyway because it just makes you want to – it makes you realise that you do it for yourself and you just want to move on to the next thing. I think it, than, yeah. Sorry, you
0: go. I was just going to say, I think it, it almost allows to take some of the pressure off yourself as the artist to um, – <sighs> When creating, that you can kind of not have the mentality that it's not just going to be forgotten, but that, as you said, that it's something that if people are always continually moving on to things, you, you don't have to drive yourself crazy over one tiny little piece that might not matter. If that makes sense. Oh,
1: totally. Yeah, totally. I've had so, and I've had so many chats with people over the years. You know, like drunken chats at a festival or wherever. <laughs> and, like, and I just really, you know, I've just put, we've just spent so much time and on this record, so much money, and I just really like. Oh, I don't know what I'll do if it doesn't go well, sort of thing. And you're like, man, you can't, you can't think like, like you can't. It's. I don't know if I'm just a cynical person, but I'm like, you just got to expect that no one gives a shit every single time, and then any, and then anything mm-hmm. above that is bonus, yeah. And I wouldn't be thinking your whole life savings or you know. I'm just like, <laughs> man, and you can't predict. You can you can spend you can spend a. Five years on something in your whole life savings and no one will care. Or you can record something on your iPhone and it's like some sort of like um accidental hit. You can't mm-hmm. like time and effort and money doesn't equal um success. So it's just, I don't know. I've had so many chats with people and they just I just feel sorry for them. Like it's yeah. It it's there's no like recipe for getting people to listen to your music really. No. As much as people like are always looking for it. Um, so my, my approach is just to just keep doing as much as I can and try and make it as good as I can. And then whatever, however it falls, you know, however the cards fall, they fall.
0: 100%. It is a thing of that. If you've got a good idea or a, or a good song, that, that should do a lot of the work, as you said, instead of just yeah budget and time and everything I think,
1: else. I think totally. But also like I think I've been into so, I've loved so much music my whole life that wasn't heard at the time like there are there are thousands of just brilliantly written pieces of music that you go on youtube and there's like 300 views and it was released in 1979 or something like mm. it's it's even if you even if the song's brilliant even if everything's great it still doesn't there's still no guarantees you know so weren't yeah. like cuz there's so many just beautiful obscure sort of underground music you know records from the last 50 years You know, so there's no, there's no point even worrying about it because you can't, you might, you might just get ripped off anyway by the, you know, (laughs) by the the music industry. You can't like, you can't, you can like, you can play the game of it and do your best and say yes to everything and play everything you can and do every interview or something. But it's, it's not, it doesn't mean you're going to. Millions of people are going to listen to it, you know. No matter how good it is or how hard you work, it sounds so brutal, but it's true.
0: It is very, very true. Um, Even from a podcast perspective, it is similar. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. And there's, I have friends, I have friends that make amazing music, and then I have people I know that make music that doesn't move me at all, and they're much more popular. And it's, um, you know, there's doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason sometimes. But yeah, but that, that, my I guess, my point is, is that sh- I don't think that should be your impetus for doing it.
0: Agreed, one hundred percent agreed. Yeah, um, Jay, we would usually kind of talking about this. We would usually ask our guests um, as as a final question what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that kind of has caught your attention and is on uh, repeat in your household?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty like I don't know. I'm pretty bored. I listen to the same just records I've listened to my whole life a lot. <laughs> Um yeah, and it's often when I'm just like I'm like cleaning the house or doing the dishes or something, you know? It'll be the same can or the same sliced own record or <laughs> uh, or just stuff I listened to when I was young. Oh what if I what have I heard recently that was cool? I mean I'm just looking in Spotify now. Oh no, good. I should just read out everything and just start looking for the cool <laughs> stuff and stop lying. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, I like as far as new bands go, I like the, um hello. Sorry, that was my dad just saying hello. Oh. I like um <laughs> this band Jockstrap from the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like this band um Water from Your Eyes from New York. It's pretty cool. It's like reminds oh, cool. me of sort of I don't know what it reminds me of. It's quite like original. It kinda reminds me a bit of like laid Beck sort of stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's really, it's really good the album. Yeah. So I'll go with those two bands.
0: Definitely, definitely going to check that out. Um, yeah. I'm not going to keep your father waiting any longer, Jay. Thank <laughs> no, you so much.
1: <laughs> no, he just wandered over. I thought it was a random person. I was like, oh, actually, I know that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jay, um, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. And congrats on the brand new gum single, Would It Pain You to See. It is out now. We'll make sure we have all the tour dates in the show notes for people to attend these gum shows. But uh, yes, congrats on Saturnia. And we look forward to the record.
1: Thanks, Simon. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for that.